Welcome to the Do Everything With Love podcast, hosted by Wadi, Myron, Yo. Amber, Hello. and yours truly, Davey. We are a community learning, growing, and engaging relevant discussions for creatives in today's culture. Love God, love people, do everything with love. Let's get it started. All right. All right. Well, everybody, how's everyone doing? Any updates? How's your life going? How's your mom? Say hello to your mother for me. Hey, mom. <laughs> I got the reference. Go ahead. I didn't get it. It's a Mark Wahlberg reference, right? But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm doing great. Uh, you know, just work has been pretty crazy. But uh, who cares about work? I mean, I'm excited about music, <laughs> and I'm excited about the music we're working on. We got some great ideas for this year, especially for uh, some song concepts so that I'm looking forward to. Uh, so stay tuned for more on that, folks. And uh, other than that, I'm just navigating. Uh, I think right now the, this, the theme of the season right now has been, you know, navigating relationships. So... Mm-hmm. That's my life right now, and uh, I'm learning a lot, and that's all I could talk about on that. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I <laughs> and I passed I pass the mic on to my brother. Go ahead. Oh, uh, what is new? Uh, not, not even really a whole lot going on. Um, you know, uh, work working in ministry, working uh, on a regular job, um, and just work-life balance like everyone else. Um, finding that that middle ground where you don't allow yourself to get too overwhelmed, but you can still stay focused on, um, on what's what needs to be done in your life and what uh, what goals and visions you have for the future for yourself. So finding that balance is uh, is key right now. Mm. Yeah, balance is super important. Um, Amber, looks like you're about to say something. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. I wasn't trying to. Say anything? Oh, I was just trying not to fart. <laughs> I was trying not to wow. fart. You know, this is a place in the middle where... of hey, the this podcast. Is a, this is but, a safe know, space. This is a safe space. I was trying to find Amber. that balance as this is a safe. This talking. is a safe space, even for farts. Even so Amber was fart. trying to make a silent but deadly. <laughs> at least to lean forward. Like, at least I'm not sitting on the couch for y'all. So that's great. I mean, I got one. I got one brewing too. Just hey, to be honest, I got more than one brewing. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? I'm feeling good. <laughs> Bread makes me Bread and gassy. Cheese? Well, all I had yes. to do was eggs and bacon. See, eggs and bacon don't make you gassy. Oh, we did. We did have some pizza though. So yeah, yeah, we had yeah. pizza. So hasn't brewed yet. I'm a little gassy. Um, oh. Anyway. <laughs> so did you Amber, want that? Did you want that part of the podcast? Amber, how's it going that's today? Okay. All right, that's okay. That's we have okay. we have I'm consent. Fine with that. I'm fine with that. I mean, everyone has Just, a, everyone has BGs know. and I mean, well, I forgot what the fa- the factoid was on gas. Pay people passing gas. I think people pass gas like ten times a day or something like that. Oh, yeah. Way more than that. Is it way yeah. more than that? How many? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Ripping them all day at work. <laughs> <laughs> Ten times just setting up. <laughs> this says that you produce about five hundred to fifteen hundred milliliters of gas per day. Milliliters and expel it in ten to twenty farts. What is that in day. American? Ten to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> that King's English. And it says ninety nine percent of the gas you produce you don't smell. So the the one percent of gas you do smell is pretty potent, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's that dead man. Anyways. Yeah. So I'll just try not to hey, right treat, now. Treat but it, it, it says it's a result of a healthy and complex ecosystem in your and intestines. And then if you do it right now, like, then it 
if it's not a silent one, then it's going to be recorded on the podcast. I mean, so. I mean you know, <laughs> it's forever. It's on the net. <laughs> uh, hey, worst thing is everyone knows Amber farts. The fart heard around the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, all right. So, Amber, how have you been? Amber's doing great. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You know, I just recently got back from living in Nigeria with my newly found <laughs> husband. I said newly found. I'm newly wed. I am newly wed. I'm a newly wed. I'm a newly wed. And I just got back from living there for a mm-hmm. while and it's been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like Myron said, just trying to find that balance between, you know, family and work. And uh, marriage, church activities, extracurricular activities, things of that nature. What, what's the, been the biggest difference or adjustment coming back from Nigeria to back to the States? Oh, yeah. The biggest difference for me, I'd say, would be just the the amount of time that, that it takes to like intentionally talk with him. You know, when we're living together, we're in the same time zone, right? And so, you know, we, we have more time, of course, to to see each other and to intentionally speak with each other and not have to worry about setting a time. So I think that's been the biggest difference. And kind of just like work picking up in a good way, you know, being in AI research, you know, chat GPT and all. So the company I work for, it's kind of just like really responding to that. So a lot of things are just like really picking up now. So that's a, those are the biggest differences. AI taking over the world. So yeah. eventually yeah. Uh, we'll have a, like a Terminator situation. Have an AI book club. <laughs> <laughs> An AI book club. That's what I. Yeah. Um, but why do you, why do you didn't finish when I made that face? You know, like so. Oh. Continue. <laughs> I think we were talking about bounce maybe. So I was just going to piggyback off that, how, yeah, balance is important. And I think to some degree, we all are figuring out our balance between nine to fives and then post nine to five work and how those all integrate and segue into other opportunities and things like that. So that's, that's all I was going to say, way less exciting than anything you've said. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the, the theme here is balance. That's been going on, yeah, across the board here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is, I think, uh, crucial to life in itself. Um, Word. All right. Well, tune into this ad. Thank you for joining the Do Everything with Love podcast. If you'd like to continue to take the journey with us, please hit us up at With Love across all streaming platforms. Our music is everywhere. All right. And if you want a physical copy, hit us up at Bandcap.com, and you might even score yourself a signed copy of our album. Thanks. Welcome back. So we actually have been reading this book called Contagious by Jonah Berger. And uh, really, it comes with really it talks about the book in one sentence is virality isn't born. It's made. So it's really helping us understand how things go viral. Right. And so there's six big ideas that we've been walking through, um, which is number one is people share things that make them look good to others. Number two is that top of mind means tip of the tongue. Number three, when we care, we share. Number four, if something is built to show, then it's built to grow. And today, we're going to be talking about two more topics that 
contribute to virality, which is number five, people like to pass along practical, useful information, news you can use. And number six, information travels under the guise of idle chatter. So uh, if I were to name, put those six things into just real simple concepts, number one was social currency. Number two was triggers. Number three is emotion. Number four is public. Number five, practical value. And number six, stories. All right. Um, so with that being said, um, yeah, let's get into Contagious chapters five, chapter five, um, which is about practical value. Um, so in the, in the theme of practical value, as you guys will hear in the next uh, five minutes here, is that there are four ways to make your content content practical and valuable and i'm hoping also before we dive into this chapter that um maybe this will help your content as creators out there um to go viral okay, that's that's what we all hope for right is that our content your content is able to go viral and i think the common theme that we're seeing um in these chapters is the, the the human connection right um and being able to make this relevant to people not just in your own world but people that are watching in your world as well and so uh, essentially uh we're going to talk about practical value so what are, here are four ways to make your content practical and value news you can use amber yeah news you can use uh that really means like what is it about your content that can be readily useful to others, right? Um, one great example of that would be around um, a guy named Ken who decided to make a YouTube video for his family member about how to clean the corn on the cob so well that it doesn't get that stringy stuff all in your teeth, right? Mm -hmm. And so now he makes a video, he passes it on to family members, and those family members pass it on to others, and then those other people pass it on, on, on to others, and so on and so forth. And that's how it went viral. And the thing is, um, in the book, the author describes how Ken only made one YouTube video ever. And in that, one video created five million five million views why because it was useful nobody wants stringy stuff in their teeth when they're eating all this lovely lovely golden corn and it actually segues nicely into a viral video that i don't know much about but maybe like i don't know david or byron could talk about it since you guys brought that up Oh, about uh, with the, the little the boy. Corn boy, yeah, it's the corn cool. boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I didn't. I, I'm not personal. I'm not a big fan of corn. Never liked corn because, like, like Ken Farmer Ken in the but book it has the juice. <laughs> like it gets. I love teeth. corn. So I, I, you know, it's funny. If you look, if you look up shucking corn with Ken on YouTube, shucking corn with Ken, you'll see what we're talking about as far as useful, practical information. But we also all know. Uh, corn, I call him Corn Boy, uh, who yeah. expresses his love for corn. corn. I would be that Corn Boy if I were younger. 
<laughs> I, I, I would be able, I would be the CEO of honestly watching that video is like dang man he makes corn sound like it tastes he really does really good like yeah. it, it's like, like maybe I should give corn he, a second chance he pitched it so well if the Jolly Green Giant ain't hire him they, yeah. they missing out right yeah he is a spokesperson you know let me just tell y'all something real quick when I was in Nigeria that's how speak, people actually spoke about corn or at least my my husband's family my husband in particular they're like oh you haven't had corn until you had corn here i don't know what kind of corn you're eating in the u.s but the corn here is out of this world and sure enough it is the corn there is really great well i feel you like... don't even need butter with it so but when you try it with butter but see but changed. but you have to also understand that america, america processes all their food yeah. i mean That's true. if you eat food out like I, I remember when i went to cabo for my honeymoon the food there was I mean, I wasn't getting fat. I mean, it was just, the food was just natural, all natural, I should say. Yeah, um, that's true. But Cornbread. To cover your point, Amber, Ooh, news you can use, sharing practical information yes. to help others. And I think that speaks to a larger sentiment of people wanting to help others in yep. general, right? Because, you know, it go, I also think about when we initially talked about, I believe back in chapter one, about being relevant, right? Uh, uh, sharing information that people or other people might be interested in, in and you want to be relevant in the room. And to me, part of being relevant is being able to share something that somebody else finds useful and they could use to 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 you know maybe for example save money wadi yeah well yeah. just to piggyback off of off the the social aspect of it there was a, a portion of the book where it did speak on it builds a uh it's not social currency social connection mm-hmm. so sharing practical value builds social connection yeah. i think it's just yeah. through the sheer fact of when you provide value to somebody you start to make a connection with somebody so that's also important if you know, coming off of the pandemic, if you felt a little secluded to get yourself back in there, you know, sharing practical value and value to people, build social connection. But also, speaking of value, and um, uh, from a financial perspective and sales perspective, um, as a consumer and as a producer, as, as the consumer, you want to see value in the product you're going to buy price-wise. So there's a couple ways to go about that. Um, scarcity, that's a very popular one. Mm-hmm. Rolex does it. A lot of uh, brands that are high end will have scarcity. Some say artificially. Nonetheless, it's still a, a good strategy. And so naturally, like um, the for the limited time only. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of deal. Or, or, or yeah. developing um, a limited number of products. Yeah. 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 So if it isn't even if it isn't a natural scarcity or a high end product that already has that built into their marketing strategy. Um, in sales and for a limited time only for I guess more mid-tier to low-tier things that is very valuable and the book speaks of the rule of 100 which real quick is um, if the product is under $100 you use the percentage discount if the product is over $100 you use the numerical discount uh, reason being the percentage discount for under $100 is gonna have more magnitude at least when perceived by the consumer verse um, the percentage percentage discount if it's over one hundred dollars. Um, so if it's over one hundred dollars, that's why you just use the numerical discount of how much money you're going to save. So for example, um, if something if you're saving ten dollars on an item that's twenty dollars, so the discount you'd say I was going to say one hundred percent discount. Yeah, fifty percent. Thank you, sir. I'm going to help you out, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so the book used the, uh, an example of 
if something was going from twenty dollars to ten dollars versus six hundred fifty dollars to six hundred forty dollars you're more likely to perceive the value of the of the one of going from twenty to ten dollars more so so you would highlight the percentage difference there versus the percentage difference of six fifty to six forty naturally even though you're both saving ten dollars on both uh-huh but it's so you're still like say for example mm-hmm. if i'm buying like a i don't know a expensive twenty dollar pair of socks mm-hmm. and they're on sale so you say 50 percent off mm-hmm. right but then say if i want to buy a new microphone that's maybe four hundred dollars mm-hmm. and but it's a but instead of saying you know it's going to be 25 percent off i'm saying hey actually it's going to be a hundred dollars off yeah right because mm-hmm. i think well to me a hundred dollars is a lot more than 25 percent mm-hmm. so it seems like it's going to be uh a, at least a bigger sell to, yeah. the, to the consumer correct and the the other uh, point in the book is diminished sensitivity so that also speaks to just diminished sensitivity as a whole so the bigger the dollar amount the less sensitive you are to a change in percentage so you use the numerical value okay cool so mm-hmm. we got news you can use for number one for number two how to get people to buy your product um and then uh number three is uh really which is kind of it's number three and four which is knowing how to package your knowledge and expertise right so uh number one i mean you've seen this uh buzzfeed is like known for doing this you know four ways to do this ten ways to get this um you know six ways to uh you know or six things you didn't know about this product right you see it all the time like you, see, you probably see it in ads when you're looking at news like 10 things you didn't know about walmart you know and like you then it's, it might be clickbait for you to just go go through that so um there's you 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 look at that because you know it sets the expectation right of saying well i know that when i get to number six it's done right yeah. um so it narrows the content but then uh the fourth point really is also so not only just having a narrow content but also having a narrow audience right so for example it made the the book uh, jonah made a great point like about uh you know you would like you would assume right that american football is way more popular than water polo so you would a lot of people would think that if you talked about american football as part of your content that that it it would become more popular than uh, at least or viral than water talking about water polo but actually he found in his research that if you can narrow your audience to uh maybe a certain group of people that that does appreciate and love water polo and you speak and you direct your content towards that uh audience that content is more likely to go viral than just generally talking about uh american football Mm-hmm. And so really, I think it's, you know, just like you're writing a paper or you're presenting a topic, it, audience is everything, right? Um, because that's going to set the context in which uh, how you present something and, and what you present. And so um, that was something that, you know, was kind of a two parter in this was the short list, right? Narrowing your content, but also understanding uh, uh, what you, who your audience is. I mean, even even in the, in the music industry, right? They're, they can literally knock it down to... Um, or tar- their target audience being the you know 16 year old girl in the suburbs mm-hmm. of a certain uh, demographic mm-hmm. right like that is uh, typically how they 
write their music and produce their music and market their music um and 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 get their the sales that they want right so um we we can talk about that can, you can go down rabbit holes of cultural appropriation and other things of that nature because of of narrowing your audience right yeah. so yeah. anyways um great so these are the four points of chapter five uh of of to make your content practical and valuable uh, sharing practical information to help others. Number two, how to get people to buy your product, remembering the rule of 100. Number three, and number four, which is packaging your knowledge and expertise by sh- uh, through short lists and, and narrowing your content and narrowing your audience. All right? Okay. All right. So for chapter six, uh, we're going to talk about stories. And uh, I figured, what better way to kick off this chapter than to actually tell a with love story? Um, so there was this, this time when we went to Romania. I believe that was what two thousand and ooh fifteen. Yeah, I think it was two thousand fifteen. That was the day jumping. Man. I wasn't there. So I know. No, but uh, and we were actually uh, in we were actually in uh, Romania, and this is about they're about twenty years post communism uh, they're coming out of the christian orthodox um uh religion so to speak and they're kind of transitioning into uh more of the evangelical uh avenue of the faith so to speak and so we roll up into i forgot the name of the town that we rolled up to but basically i remember seeing that my first impression was i saw this horse buggy uh, roll, <laughs> rolling down a dirt road, kicking up dust, <laughs> and the 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 whole the, all the buildings looked dilapidated. I I thought you know we were sh- we were like we just rolled up to like a third world like country like in this town, and um and then we went into the venue that we were gonna play at, um and uh, it was this immaculate theater. I mean, I remember there was purple everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the drapery was beautiful. The I remember the sound system was huge. Like we, there was a huge sound system in there. Mm-hmm. They had the huge tower speakers. Yeah. Um, and and so we rolled up in there. Um, we got set up and we played. And we had a beautiful worship set that we did um, for the local community there. And uh, we did the whole nine. Um, you know, as far as the music, uh, the word, and of course, uh, altar call. And, and the prayer for salvation and all that and i remember uh it was one of the few times actually that we as a band actually got off the stage and was able to pray for folks um and actually share the gospel um with the people right there um in 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 the theater and so we got down on stage and we're praying for people and i remember specifically uh talking to this one young lady um she was probably about she couldn't have been have she couldn't have been older than 13 12 13 years old and she was just coming to me bawling in tears and uh and you know i'm trying to figure out you know why she's crying i grab a translator to you know help me understand what she's saying and she just was saying like i you know your music helped me um like i she's like like the music that you guys played lifted the shame that i was feeling um from from uh growing up feeling like you know i wasn't good enough you know because uh, i don't know if you guys you know know anything about the christian orthodox religion in romania but it was very like works-based faith uh atonement kind of you know having to you know d- do something to uh, atone for your sin and and otherwise you know you're not right you're not seen as righteous or accepted by your community or whatever the case might be and so 
Um, and of course, what we talked about was um, that God's love redeems, that God, God's love is for everyone and, it, and it's available to everyone, regardless of who you are and what you've done. Um, and so that was something that, you know, what was really registering to her, um, because it was one of those things where I think one of the points, I remember one of the points that I made that evening was just that you don't have to have lights, camera action to connect with God, like you connect with, you can connect with God anytime and anywhere. And so, uh, it was kind of one of those powerful moments that kind of summed up the trip for me because, it, you know, being able to touch someone in that way, knowing that your music and your message was able to bring someone to tears, uh, you know, to a point where uh, they could they could actually feel changed from the inside out um, was something that spoke powerfully to me, uh, especially on a trip like that where, you know, we all know a mission trip where you're raising, you know, funds and you're getting the community involved uh, locally and abroad for you to be there. Um, it just it speaks volumes to the impact that you've been intending to have uh, on a trip like that. Right. So, um, so that was really just cool to kind of really see that, you know, our, our message, our music, um, and even our intentions of going on that trip really kind of came to manifestation in that one moment. Um, and that was something that uh, touched me in, in a way that I could never forget. So uh, that was, my with love story <laughs> um nice yeah so speaking of stories amber yeah the book talks about stories yeah so people are so used to telling stories that they create narratives even when they don't actually need to an example is online reviews they're supposed to be about product features right and how well a new digital camera works and whether the zoom is as good as the company suggests. But this mostly informational content often ends up being embedded in background narrative. And that is the, what actually draws people in. Brand is integral to the story and storytelling is crucial more than facts. That's yeah. cool. Inherently more engrossing than basic facts. I think it's how they one of the ways they worded it in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I often read um, the like when, if I'm on Amazon. I, who? I mean, you, raise your hand if you actually read the reviews, oh, right, of the oh, product, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like that's what I do. I mean, I it, more than I actually go to the one star reviews, yeah, uh, just to see like what the defects are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Cause mm -hmm. I know that those defects are probably one in a million. Yeah, or whatever. but see what could happen. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's kind of one of those things that like it helps me kind of complete the paint the, the whole story of even why people buy the product in the first place too because yep. it gives me more ideas of how i could possibly use that too so yeah definitely stories is is definitely definitely important yeah. um and then and then it goes i know i remember the chapter going on to sharing a, a really great example uh in a commercial and Myron, you want to share about that uh i believe you're referring to building a trojan horse yeah okay so they talk about um the idea of selling your idea as building a Trojan horse, if anyone's unfamiliar with the Trojan horse, uh, you've seen the movie Troy uh, with your boy uh, Brad Pitt mm -hmm. and who's in that? Orlando Bloom. Uh, Great movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like one of the best like fight scenes in, Yikes. I'm you, you gotta, you gotta watch that thing. It's, yeah. it's fire. Would it be, sorry. No, go ahead. Would it be uh, really bad if I said I have no idea what you're talking about? <laughs> 
No, I don't no. know that movie. No, that's fine. That's just fine. nod your head. Just nod your head. Yeah, <laughs> so I couldn't pretend. Like, you'll go. Great. You'll go and see it though. But I'll see it now. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. see it now. Just nod your head. Are you Brad Pitt fan? No, I'm not. I love Brad Pitt. Maybe it would be indifferent. Who doesn't love Brad Pitt? I don't really watch his know. movies. He's got great movies. He does. I know he's. That's one. Anyway, so we're building a Trojan horse. So the idea is, like we're like we said, we're telling stories, but you want to, especially if you have a brand, you want to encapsulate your your brand in the story to the point where you can reveal the secret, like, oh, the brand was here all along. Yeah. So um, the book goes over and talks about a man by the name of Tim Piper. Um, it, he starts off by saying that you know he didn't have any sisters and he went to he grew up going to an all boys school and it wasn't until he was older in life that he kind of got to the point where um, he started hearing women's experiences and like and how they uh, how they dealt with like uh, makeup and beauty perceptions and things like that and he realized that there was a common theme among women and like how they how they kind of have this negative view about themselves without makeup or without like those photoshopped images of themselves so um he actually used that idea got a camera got a cameraman and started interviewing women and it got to the point where he sold a commercial to uh the dove company and it was a and it was like showing like uh, these women talking about how they how they felt about you know the makeup lines and stuff that they had to put on every day, how they felt about like watching these um, these uh, swimsuit models and like these models were just like photoshopped to perfection and like how it makes them feel like how they have to try to buy these products to to you know just compare and just compete to the the next young model who's up there and um, and it got to the point where it's like the commercials like. Uh, then like the Dove bar soap came up and it's like, you know, be comfortable in, in your skin and then you show them like taking their makeup off and just being comfortable in, in who they were without all these products and stuff. So they they, they Trojan horse the, um, the, the bar of soap in the story to a story that, you know, especially in this generation with like you have young girls uh, on Instagram and, and, and TikTok and seeing like, you know, who's the next you know star and stuff and what they have to do like young people today are are getting like surgical surgical procedures at at alarming rates like more than more than ever before because they're trying to keep up to these uh these beauty images and he realized you know there's a there's a theme behind it and and like this dove bar of soap just kind of kind of like snuck right in there and presented itself like you know this this is something that you know everybody deals with everybody relates with and we're we're trying to combat that idea. So, by Dove, I love me a good bar of Dove soap. So, <laughs> I prefer like- <laughs> I prefer Dove over Irish Spring any day. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm more of an Irish Spring man myself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> see, I like. See, I don't like um, Irish Spring because when you get down to the nub, it, the, the the potency to me wears off. Uh, so I mean, no one likes that liquid Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap. No, <laughs> nobody. I do like black soap. Black soap's great. Oh yes, yeah. I use black soap and I also use coconut oil soap. Oh well, you, uh, well, you fancy? You got you like that, to that lavender, lavender soap we got from uh, from England. That's, that's oh good soap yeah, too. lavender soap that is was good. good too. Soap. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But yeah, you got to package your story. 
Package it. Package it. That's right. No, it's good. And and that's that that kind of goes that actually ties back into chapter five, right? Which is packaging your knowledge and expertise. So you yeah. you can do that with your story, within your story. Um We are and, story based creatures. People that's how we relate to one another. We and stories to stories. And stories passed down from generation to generation, mm-hmm. right? People story remember stories and facts. Yeah, yeah. More than facts, right? So yeah. I mean as as interesting Four as five. facts are, you can remember if you can incorporate facts into your story. Yep. Uh, believe it or not, I mean, you you might get your child to uh, to remember something that you've been trying to get them to learn. You know, one on one. I remember growing up for me, it was hard for me to learn like my addition and multiplication tables because uh, my mom thought I was slow. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon but as soon as like you got me to to watch like you know Sesame Street, I was yeah. all of a sudden counting with uh you know what's his name the count. The count, yeah. yeah, you know. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, even you see that even politically, uh, like people resonate with politicians who like who can speak to a feeling rather oh, than just sure. like, and oh, I'm going to do this. These, these are the numbers. We're going to bring t- taxes down. It's like, no, we we want to feel something. Well, that also, I mean, the book talks about now. that too, about like you know, uh, uh, dealing with people's emotions, right, mm-hmm. and pertaining to that. Yeah. And, just, yeah. yeah, just a, I think you're you're segueing into this, but it, it specifically says people are less likely to argue or not believe a story. Uh, so you're inherently more trustworthy uh, and you can relate to the person and the product and add value. So, yeah, just telling a story. So if it's used in a political arena, you're just automatically more believable than if you're just spitting out fact. Yep. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Right, exactly. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, tell stories. Make it turn your brand into a story, uh, and and keep your brand integral as part of that story. And uh, you might just go viral. Yeah, yeah. that's why. And you know, and like even in the professional industry, people always ask you, "What's your story?" And it's always tied to your brand, right? It's like, Absolutely, what's your professional brand, or you know, like what's what's your journey like? You know, have a good what's story. Your journey mean. Um, in terms of your resume but they don't ever say just like oh talk to your resume they ask you so what's your story what's your what's your what's your pitch yeah and you know and that's the thing that's beautiful part of is that everyone has a story right i mean everyone has a story at the end of the day if you're able to express your brand especially if you wanted to go viral and and for it to be shared amongst others again not when we say viral we're not just saying on the internet but we're saying even through word of mouth people are going to remember your story if, especially if it's something that uh really uh excites or pertains to an emotional touch that's in this story so um yeah you there's some introspection that might be done on your end uh to realize like what well how did i come to this brand and how did i create this brand and why does this brand exist and that might be your story right it's there it's your story mm-hmm. so um Alrighty, well there you go. That wraps up Contagious uh, in the, the yeah. sixth chapter, sixth and final chapter of Contagious. Uh, thank you, Jonah Berger, for writing this awesome JB. book. Um, hopefully, we can go viral one day. Hopefully, this episode might go viral. Hey. Something. What's a fart to Mike? <laughs> hey, bro, I think you already farted. Did you, you let us? <laughs> no, it is, I no. Did y'all smell her fart? I thought so. No, I contained it. It was very difficult, but was I see. What I do is see what I do. I try to contain my farts. Like if I sit flat on the seat and with my butt cheeks to contain the yeah. smell, that's actually not how it works. Doesn't help it work. It doesn't no. help at all. Well, I, I, sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. Or you know, you just blame somebody else. I wouldn't have been able to do that because it was all written over my face. You already put it out there, and I put it out there. Yeah, yeah you did. But you know, it's okay. 
I contained it. Thanks. So, anyways, tune into this ad. Hey, y'all. This is Amber, president of Let Love Rise Foundation Incorporated, and we have officially launched. Check out letloverise.org. If you are a community organization with volunteer needs, go and sign up on our platform. And if you are a volunteer looking for ways to connect to your local community, looking for ways to make a difference, go on letloverise.org to sign up for these volunteer events. I'll see y'all at the next event. Welcome back. So uh, just some quick announcements. Uh, before we go and and uh, and things to think about before our next episode, um, one is uh, if you are watching this video either on YouTube or on Patreon, um, please comment and submit any questions about our book topics. We would love to answer them either in the comments or on our next episode, um, and we would love to get to know you. So and and you get to know us. So if there's anything that you want to know about any one of us or all of us, how we came to be, our story, I mean that's also available on our website. But if you want to hear it directly from us, we would love to share it and answer the, any question that you may have for us on the actual episode of, of Do Everything with Love. Um, another thing is don't forget to uh, follow us, like, subscribe us um, to us on YouTube with Love Music, as well as Patreon, uh, which is with Love Music, and on Instagram, which is with Love Music, and not to mention uh, Let Love Dot Rise uh, yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> That was a mean smack. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so practice. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, last is a shameless plug. Uh, 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 it's a shameless plug for shameless let love. Plug. Let love rise. Are you a nonprofit, church, or local organization serving the Baltimore or DC community? Yes, I am. Are you in need of volunteers to staff your events or operations? How did you know? Then partner with Let Love Rise Foundation at letloverise.org yes. to access the volunteers needed to serve the community where you are. So yes. um, please sign up. We just spun up that website and uh, we would love uh, to get you uh, spun up and going and getting people to show up to your events to serve and where you need them most. So uh that's an exciting endeavor that we're embarking on and uh hoping that you can join us on this journey together so with that being said thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of do everything with love podcast remember to love god love people and do everything with love 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 you guys and have a great great day Peace. peace